God's pod. This is episode seventy-one, seventy-two. Big tall one here, man. Let's just cough off, man. Doing this live at the Gavin spot. You know who it is—the big tall one, Jay Johnson, the great. Do say Jay. Definitely, I'm um, a little late, but sometimes late is on time. Better late than never, anyway. Uh, got a special guest here. Uh, I believe she has about 10, 15, 20 years of HR experiences, keeping you, keeping you folks gamefully employed but also firing some of you individuals as well. <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, she, she went to HBCU for undergrad, but I chose because she also went to a historically white college university for grad school. Shout out Dr. Carr for uh, getting us out of that PWI word into the historically white colleges university. So definitely for that. Um, so my guest today is an amazing young lady. Uh, she's very passionate about black people and black things. So I said, you know, you have a passion. You understand what it takes to get a job in this market, how to succeed in this market, because you evaluate and help out companies accordingly to come along the podcast. Uh, So with no further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Aaron White. Hello. I am so happy to be here today. Are you? I am. Uh, I'm super, actually, super happy to be here. I need you to speak all English because <laughs> Baltimore didn't teach y'all well. You know what? Some of us made it out, and we speak perfect English. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't get Omar out the wire until though. until somebody gets us home. You didn't get Omar out the wire though, so it's wild times going on. Listen, everybody can't make it out. So tell these folks about just a little bit who you are. You know where you're from, what you do. Talk. talk just just give them a, some sprinkles. <laughs> okay, I'll give you guys some sprinkles. Um, as Jeremy said, my name is Aaron White, and I am originally from Baltimore, Maryland, um, and I went to Howard University. I went to Howard University. I will not give you my years, but let's just say that Jeremy is the little brother I uh, wish I never had. Um, so was it pre-internet or <laughs> post-internet? <laughs> Pushing me to some traffic. Anyway, <laughs> so... Um, Anyway, I went to Howard. I have a degree in hospitality management from the School of Business. Uh, And uh, Jeremy is correct. I did go to a historically white uh, university, Vanderbilt University, where I got my MBA in human and organizational performance with an emphasis in entrepreneurship. And so uh, I've been on Jeremy. I said, when are you going to let me get on here so I can talk to your folks? And so he said, what are you going to talk about? Plenty. But anyway, this is where my passion is. After Howard, I moved to New York City, lived there for six years, doing uh, all kinds of work in high-end hospitality. And then I moved to Johannesburg, South Africa, where my first uh, time becoming an entrepreneur and started uh, a small guest house slash hotel for my family. Did that for three years. 
and uh, that's when I decided to go back to school. So I moved back to the States, did that, uh, and was recruited by Coca-Cola Enterprises. That's how I got to Atlanta. And uh, I was in their human, uh, human resources function. And so I started there as an HR business partner, and I can tell you about what that is a little bit later. And uh, I said, Kofa, woo. From 2009 to 16, and uh, was downsized and decided to start my own business. You got to tell, tell some of these people what downsize is. Like, why would you go to a place like that? Okay. <laughs> so downsize, you can say downsize. If you hear the word rift, that's called a reduction in force. But most of our folks will say, uh, I was let go. Okay. So they decided to close down the entire office and move the office to London. And so when you guys hear me say Coca-Cola, you guys think it's one entity. But Coca-Cola is actually a franchise. And the Coca-Cola you guys think about are the commercials and all that kind of stuff. But I worked for a bottler uh, in that franchise. And so when that bottler, we were actually, we became the European bottler. Um, and so for obvious reasons, they decided to move the headquarters uh, to London. And so that meant we were gone. So have a job. Nice package, though. Shout out, shout out to you know you getting into the the bottling distribution and the distribution of Coca Cola. Yep. Shout out to uh, you actually need to get my man Kofa on the show. Brother in here who's a former pick his brain on that's the good part about doing this. Shoulders, but uh, definitely want to dive more into your career. Why exactly you chose HR? You know. A lot of times, HR professionals get at my head because I say HR blah, blah, <laughs> and I say, oh, you fire people. They're like, no, I'm an HR partner, HR prof um, some other name it gives me. <laughs> and I'd be like, you know what? You still fire people. So where the, where the PIP plan is? I feel like I feel like you make, you're making it sound like these names are fictitious we give you. <laughs> fictitious. They are real names. Um, but, okay, I'll get a little bit more into it. So there's several parts of HR, and so... Yeah, there's some people that fire people, but there's a lot of people who do not fire people. Um, I'm not one of those people. Um, if you're not a recruiter, I don't want no smoke with HR. Or a compensation professional or a talent acquisition, a person who gets talent. None of those people fire people. I mean, I like them, though, because those are the ones I drink beer with. Right. The mm -hmm. HR general partner? Mm -hmm. No, nah, no smoke. The proper name is either HR generalist or HR business partner. Or the Grim Reaper. I feel like you guys are, I feel like you're bringing them together. So why did you go into it? So I went into it because it's so funny that you say that because I did, there's a couple of different parts of HR. So you have the HR that's super technical, super uh, administrative, and I was like, I don't want to do that. And I wanted to be more strategic. And so I was actually going to get a master's of HR, which is nothing wrong with, but I've always, you know, took the business approach to everything. And so when I found out that there was a strategic component to HR, um, I researched a little bit more about that and decided to do that because I said, I can go in and with this, I can affect change. And I've really had an opportunity to do that. How do you affect change? Why does your profession, why should people care about HR professionals, HR general partners? Why should we care about you? For the exact same reason that you kind of started out is because a lot of people think that we are the Grim Reapers. We are the, we are the, the 
hatchet people. And that's exactly why you need to get into the space. So let me divert a second and tell you why and give you another example. I'll give an example of law. A lot of black folks don't want to get into the prosecutor's office for obvious reasons, right? And they say, oh, I don't want to prosecute my own people. I don't want. But you de we need more black people in prosecution because those are the people who decide, you know, how someone's going to be prosecuted. And if somebody looks like us, and they, it's a greater chance that someone won't over-rotate on a sentence. The same is true for HR. If you're an HR business partner and you're in the room like me and you have a bunch of um, seemingly in, in, in different large organizations where there are very few people of color, uh, not just people of color, but black folks, black men, um, especially in a lot of industries, black women, um, they're in different sectors, pick one. They may not be there, but oftentimes it's only one or two you could count on your hand. You need someone that looks like me in the room that is sitting there at uh, performance management time that can sit around the table with a bunch of oftentimes white men, and when they start talking about the nuances of why somebody should get a meets and why somebody should get an exceeds, and they're talking about the same work, the same dynamics, the same everything, but for whatever reason, they give, not for whatever reason, from their <laughs> conscious or their unconscious bias, you know, give a lower mark to a black person, you want me in that room. And you want me in that room in particular, and I'm not saying all black folks, you want me in that room or someone like me is because, you know, it's not lost on me. I went to Howard University. It, it's a natural byproduct for me to stand up for myself from the type of family I was born into. So, I don't, I, I'm, I'm a player at the table, okay, that other people can't get at, that don't hear those conversations. And I can pull a coattail and say, well, wait a minute, you just said the same thing about Tom that you did about Bakari. So what's the difference? Why is Bakari getting a meets or uh, a needs improvement while Tom is getting a meets or a meets exceeds? You're going to have to explain that to me. And I've done that many times, and I call myself, <laughs> not out loud, um, an HR superhero, because I stand up for people that can't speak for themselves, and I take my job very, very seriously. Wow. You are really going all in. I make people make uh, uh, clear arguments as to why, and if it makes sense, I'll ride with it, but if it doesn't, we can't do it. I mean, honestly, that's, that's actually appreciated, right? Because a lot of people don't understand that um, HR can be an advocate. Yeah, very much so. Especially if you have a dual role. Yep. Um, you know, because like you said, you know, if you get a man to save your ass, then all of a sudden you're going to become a building manager for somebody else. And that's not what the company wants you to do. So I mean, that alone is like, you know, DNI and I think that's what you mean by that. You need to explain what DNI is. Diversity and inclusion. Um, shout out to Netflix. advertising for a couple years now. They've been actually moving and shifting that thing around. Um, but anytime you have DNI, definitely include, I definitely encourage all black people and women to <laughs> to uh, go talk to them when shit hits the fan because they can save money. Yeah, and a, and a point about women really quickly from an HR perspective, and this is just something that I've learned. Um, the corporate space is, is high on women right now, and that's great. Um, but a lot of the initiatives 
what won't get said is that a lot of the initiatives benefit white women more than they benefit black women. So if you guys are out there, no matter what kind of space you're in, and you do have a DNI function or you have an HR function, I suggest that, you know, we can talk about how you do things, uh, if that's even a thing, uh, about how. I can get more into that later. Um, but be sure that wherever you're working parses out um, the differences between women of color and white women because we have to own the fact that there are differences that we need. Um, and oftentimes, while our white women friends and counterparts are making certainly less than white men on the dollar, we're making um, less than they are. And so I just want to point that out when we say women. No, I, I definitely appreciate it. Anytime uh, I get a chance to talk to HR professionals, I, I like to highlight different things because one company, HR's process could be totally different than the other, right? Because some companies you go to, HR doesn't move until your manager says to move. And other companies, you can have a terrible manager and they, HR knows you have a terrible manager. If you get in trouble with your manager, HR will dismiss your manager's claim. I should know. It happened to me personally. Went in there. HR lady looked at me and she's like, I see how you're working. I know, I know your workload. Laughed in my face and told me to go have a nice day. She's like, whatever he's saying, he, need to take it up, he needs to take it up to you in your next one-on-one. Otherwise, it's not valid. And that's a great HR partner. And that's, that's irrespective of color because you'll hear people say that an HR professional is there to protect the company. It's huh, probably fair, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, I'm moving my hands up, Adele. You know, the, the scales, the, the balance scales, for sure. But uh, a lot of younger people coming behind me, new in their career in HR. Uh, I've also coached leaders on this as well. Doing right by employees is protecting the company. And so if you see unfairness and if you see, um, once you get to my level, so right now I'm the equivalent of an executive team member, um, executive leadership at the company in, in which I consult, right? Um, it's an aviation tech company. And one of the key things that I should be able to do and this is why, if you remember, going back earlier, I'm a strategic HR professional. So what does that mean? So when I'm looking at performance management, I'm looking at something called succession planning. Succession planning is basically making sure that it's somebody to fill the next role should a person leave. Performance management is exactly that. How do people perform? Um, but I take these elements and others, leadership development, right? I take these things and others, and I build a coherent strategy across the organization, or the team. And what does that look like? It may look like for that particular leader, you've been doing X for this number of years, and this is your gap. This is your blind spot. And that gap or blind spot, unfortunately, affects employees. It affects employees like what Jeremy was talking about. You know, people not getting a fair shake. And most times, why people don't get a fair shake is because leaders really don't know how to develop employees. <laughs> and that's what we should be doing as HR professionals, helping leaders understand how to do that or moving them out the way. Takes me to that to one of my points, and uh, definitely had that at the end. Uh, that's one thing that I've noticed in terms of development, uh, compensation, and those kind of things. Uh, in the Atlanta market, we know Atlanta artificially suppresses salaries more so than a lot of other places. People think I'm joking and lying when I say this. I say, yo, I moved to Atlanta, 
do not be surprised if the company offers you way less than what you would get in another market, despite the fact that the cost of living is outpacing, cost of rent in Atlanta is outpacing San Francisco by 74% year over year. So I'm just trying to get some insight from you. How do you all develop the case for what you offer? But more importantly, how do you get around what these companies are offering? Because as these, as this cost of living continues to explode, we actually need to be having a conversation about getting livable wages if you are a quote-unquote professional or just a regular human being. Okay, so there's two pieces to that question. One is about the companies and basically what we call their compensation plans or their comp philosophies, right? Like what do they believe? What, what are the beliefs that go into their, how they administer pay and all the benefits of that, right? The second piece of that question is for the potential employee or the current employee, what do you do because of the factors you mentioned? So let me start with the first one. I mean, I really hate the first joint like that. All right, cool. Go for it. I'm about to eat you alive, though. No, you I'm, won't. I'm, I'm about to give you bars, though. No, I'm you about won't. To, I'm about to bar you no, up. No, and I'm going to tell you why. Ooh. No, you won't. I'm going to tell you why. You don't You don't pronounce E's and R's. No. I'm about to bar you wow, up. Wow, really? Top. Really? Because, <laughs> see, you should save that for something else we're actually about to disagree on. You will not. This, no one knows this. All right, cool. Let's go. Most compensation plans and comp philosophies are antiquated. Oh, I know that. They don't even take the, hear what I'm saying to you. You want to know why it's happening? They don't take the time to revamp them. So, for example, you may have, you may have a company that was the main thing in technology at one point, and they hired according to a certain scale. They went out, they did their market surveys, they did everything. But they did their market surveys in 1986. And guess what they're still paying on? 1986. What about Benz when they moved down here and started lowballing people? Mercedes Benz? Yeah. So, one, they're trying to get all the money they can get, I guess. But you're right. I remember I looked at Mercedes, and I couldn't believe what they were paying HR professionals. So I never even applied. You're right. Them cats came down here. They started straight disrespecting cats. They Listen, faced. And, it, and, and it's not just in your here it's in mine it's in everything but that also be clear has a lot to do with the origin of the company so where's mercedes benz from yeah but the germans paid me well when i had when i worked for that german company okay what i'm telling you is in car manufacturing they're going to look at margin they're going to look at all of that and it has a lot to do with that and i'm not saying it's right i'm just saying what it is I'm saying up in Jersey, I'm pretty sure they were cutting that check a little bit better when they was in Jersey. They might have been cutting that check a little bit better, but your cost of living was a lot higher in Jersey. So what you got to do is you got to do you got to do apples for apples comparison. Because if you had that money here, and I'm not talking about this Atlanta. I'm not talking about current Atlanta. Current Atlanta, every everything is overpriced. It's ridiculous. Average rent right now, $1,500. Oh, that's bogus. Before we even get to midtown, we're talking 18, that's it. That's Buckhead focused. 23. Well, think about where the new stadium is. You know what they're charging for those apartments over there? Almost $3,000. It's insane. Going crazy. It's inflated. What's going to happen is but another bubble's going to happen. Maybe not like the last one, but it's going to happen. All I rolled by, I can't remember what it was, but some little side street. And the townhomes on the main side street were $500,000. And I was thinking, in what life? This town going crazy. My point to you is this is why I want to deal with the second part of your question. 
Because it's going to be what it's going to be. Okay? And you're not going to con- you're not going to control that. But let me tell you something, going back to the old comp philosophies and blah blah blah. Two things. If you're in a current role, and I'm talking to anybody in the sound of my voice, and this is something that I learned far too late. If you want to get paid more, you better not ask them. You will not get it. You need to leave. And if you go someplace, you know, because the big thing is, oh, well, don't I still have to stay for a year? And I don't know if your age group says that, but mine does. No, I say I, we actually believe every two years you leave. If not, you leave You leave sooner. Because I know in New York. It, is, it should be sooner. Yeah, because in New York, we believe in leaving anywhere from eight months to a year and a half. Okay, because I was about to say, because what you need to do is get that check and parlay it someplace else. Tell a beautiful story and get up out of there. That's Give me it. 20 extra bucks. I mean, and do it. And But while you're there, let me say this. Go in excellence. And this is something I want to talk about. It's not on your list. But before I get to that, just put a pen in that about excellence. Because while you're getting your, and that's what y'all say, the bag. Is it the bag? Are you securing it? Are you tethering it to yourself? Are you securing the bag? Oh, sorry. I, hit my face. I don't know. Don't. Don't. I'm just don't. I'm just. I'm just happy to be here. So, <laughs> anyway, while you're doing that, it's a whole other thing. You know the conversation I had about the resume and all kinds of stuff. But I do want to get into that later. What I'm saying to you is this, is that you're, they're never going to pay you how you want to get paid. You need to leave. I agree. That's the first thing. Second thing is, is that before you get there, you have, uh, let, me, let me use a word right now. You have Harry on one side, and you have you, Jeremy, on the other side. Harry doesn't care whether he knows the job or not. Uh. Cindy. I like your name a mediocre white man. We say Harry. Cindy doesn't know, and she knows the job, but she's gonna go in there and parlay it. Maybe Cindy less than Harry. Okay. But we have to, we have to get a confidence about ourselves when we're going in and we're asking or we're telling, because you're right. Some onus is on the company, but a lot of onus is on understanding the value. Because we're, let me tell you something. Nine times out of ten. We're working harder than anybody in there. And if y'all don't own it and put that into your negotiation and stand up and be exactly who you are in that interview, you may get it, you may not. But at least you walk out of there with your dignity and you know you know what you asked for. And not just ask for it, but be able to segment why that's important, which is why I went into excellence about doing your research for a job and understanding why you're qualified for it. And even if you aren't qualified, why you can, knowing in your own mind, how you can parlay and become qualified. Every single job I have had in my life, I have learned on a job. I've never known it before I went into it. Same here though. Never. And I have done this, I have worked with the same excellence my entire career. But let me tell you this. There was a time in New York where I had a person that didn't see it. There's a time here that didn't see it. And I got all down on myself. And da-da-da, da-da-da. But then I got mad. And I said, oh, absolutely not. I'm way better than most of the people that, and that's not arrogance, but I am. Fast forward to this client now. I sat in front of the VP that hired me the other day. She said to me, she just sat back in her chair and breathed a sigh. She said, everything you do is excellent. And that hasn't changed. 
You're so dry. Jesus Christ. Listen, I'm excellent. I can't help it (laughs) because I care. I care about my work. Listen, I'm not, that's why I said before, I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm saying most of your listeners, even you, with, you know, Mr. Tall, short dude, whoever you call yourself. The big tall one. Yeah. My new, anyway, listen. (laughs) All I'm saying is, is that a lot of it, and not saying it's going to make any difference. But it will make a difference to you. Own your excellence. Be excellent. Do what's needed. Because the one thing I have learned in my career, I loved how you tried to give me 20 years of working here. Stop it. Stop trying to call me old. I, I wasn't calling you, you old. You were trying to call me old. No, I was not. I was I calling like you season. Wow. <laughs> really? Look, Chicken? Look, what I'm saying is, is that when you got experience, we have to highlight this experience. This experience is something we celebrate, not put down. Listen. Don't do this. What you're not about Listen. to do is put me in the Listen. blender. Listen, I'm wow. not about to push you in the blender. Soon. Wow. Soon. You, you Soon. really going to sit here and try to oppress a Listen. black man? Oh, wow. Is it oppression? Wow. Do I own that system? <laughs> I therefore cannot do it. Anyway, what I'm saying to you guys is that one of the things I learned over my career is that whether I, and this is just real talk, whether I try to assimilate because I tried to shrink myself to fit in. And yes, that happened very early in my career. Real talk. But when I then was myself, sometimes it worked out and sometimes it didn't. Same thing with assimilation. I decided, you know, I decided, you know, I'm going to be myself. Come what may. And I will tell you, the results show. This is the point that I want to bring to the negotiation. You guys have a lot of tools at your disposal. The biggest one is a, the biggest one is a myth I'm about to crash. You do not. There is no rule or law that says you have to tell anybody what you are currently making. So, you, know, you know what's wild? Hmm. I had a, a, an interview at a spot called Anton uh, with a lady named Ginger Williams to punk me into telling her what my salary is. Shout out to you, Ginger Williams. I've never met a, a black lady so mean. Black lady's been nice <laughs> to me my whole life. She tried to punk me. It was like, you don't tell me what, what you make. I'm not passing you on to the next one. Then lady. don't pass me on. I was sad, but, you know. Did you stand up for yourself? I said, did I? Did you stand up for yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I did, but at the same time, she didn't pass me on. That's my point. <laughs> you held your principle, but. I mean, I, t- I told her because my thing is I was going to tell her boss too. But I told her, I was like, yo, you out of your mind. But then I told her, I told her a false number. But, um. Because the thing about it is, is this. There's a line they can call to see where you work, to see if. There is no law or rule that says that. There's only a couple of states now that have passed a law that say you don't have to tell. And there are a lot of other people pushing for that. And it's huge because this is the thing. Going back to the comp philosophy and the comp structure. Each job or each role has a band. Okay? You can call it band, call it level, depends on where. Has a band, right? Meaning a range. So, say for being teeny tiny dude for troll gods is pays between. The big, the big tall dude for troll gods, yeah. Him, that guy. Small. Um, does that. Say say that job is pays between eighty thousand. The band is uh, eighty thousand to one sixty five or one fifty. Those bands exist. Let me let me go. So 
So they may say, oh, you know, but for your experience, it is, you know what kind of experience it, it says that you need, blah, blah, and you have on the higher end. But for whatever reason, you make 85. They pressure you, pressure you, pressure you to tell you, to tell them what the salary is. You don't have to do that because they've already budgeted for like 140, 170. So they need to pay you what you're worth. But because as black folks, if we've been real, and I was being real earlier about assimilation, we're being real. Sometimes we don't even care enough to value ourselves. And so we automatically go in feeling less than. No, this is why I said do your research. Do everything you can, and you stick by it. And the best time to do that is when you have a job for sure, but do not give in to the pressure. The other thing I'll say is when you're thinking about your negotiation, don't just think about base salary. A lot of people think about base salary, especially in this day and time. There are so many different types of businesses, startups, um, people that give stock options at lower levels in the company, stuff like that time off, um, different types of benefits. Um, so you can negotiate all of that. And I will submit to you that that's all money. And so what I've just described is called total compensation. Make sure you look at that as a point of negotiation. The other things, uh, one more thing is you need to look at your cost of benefits for show. Because yeah. now healthcare is going up so, so much they're doing these HS, HSA plans. Mm -hmm. And so with that, you have to pay more into it. And especially since I'm single, a lot of a lot of young people are waiting longer to get married, and it's costing us a lot of money. And so, for example, when I was working, um, before I started working for myself, I was offered a job by someone in Alpharetta, right? Going in, they asked me, what was my salary requirement? Okay? I told them my salary requirement. When I'm telling you, I think they put me through like 10 interviews. Offered me the job, came back lower than my salary requirement. This is around the time I was finding myself. Okay? And I stood on the phone with her, and I said, ma'am, I look like a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> ma'am, um, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to take this off. Excuse me? Why? I said, because I gave my salary requirements up front like I was asked to, and this is lower than that. Plus, I've costed out your health care benefits, and they caught, this is going to cost me more than where I currently have. Shout out to Force Marketing. When I was a recruiter for one time, they asked me to find a guy for programmatic uh, back when I was, you know, people of color in all these different roles. The guy told me he needed like 70, 75K to, you know, to move. Force marketing came back off the guy like 50K. The guy was making like 60. I mean. Shout out to the A-Town. Always trying to lowball. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's wild, so man. I was like, I was, I was saying to myself, that doesn't sound like a shout out, an appropriate shout out. Anyway, <laughs> now I get it. Um, but I was like, no. And so you ready for what Karen said? You should be grateful. A form of such. She said, uh, well, Aaron, that's a lot of money. Said, well, Karen, maybe for you it is, but it's not enough for me. Wow. That's how you feel? That's exactly how I feel. Because you know what I realized? Only in like the last few years, you want to know what I realized? 
They're going to do what they're going to do anyway. I might as well leave with my dignity. I agree. Because one of the things that I'm seeing is when you're qualified, especially when you're black, and you go in there and you tell them what you want and things like this, one of the things they do, and they should be getting fined, they should be getting sued for it, they'll look at your graduation date from college mm-hmm. and tell you that you just graduated in such and such year, so you wow. don't deserve that money. Wow. They've told me that several times. You My know, resume is full of skills, but the white man always try to oppress me, but it's cool. I'm dark-skinned. I ain't going. Well, and that's why I've been telling you you need to start your own business, but you too damn lazy. <laughs> Be blessed, though. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? That is the weakest, weakest comeback ever. Be, be blessed, though. Whatever. I'm just happy to be here. Uh-huh. So let, let's talk about the outsourcing of HR and what that means in the grand scheme of things. Sure. Uh, we are outsourcing a lot of different roles or whatnot, but HR is typically a role that's in-house. HR, like she, like Aaron highlighted earlier, can be talent acquisition, can be recruiting, can be HR partners can be a number of different things. So outsourcing is a major thing. That means you're basically giving the, the, the reins of your company to an outside company and telling them to do this role, and you're basically cutting costs, hoping that they can do just as good of a job, if not better. Yeah, so there's – this is one, one of the things, and I'm not really sure how I learned it. I can't remember. But – and this is for any field. This is a bit of advice. Things that you really need knowledge for, those is, that, that's what you get into. Try to stay away from industries that can be done by machines. Be a knowledge worker, right? A knowledge worker. They can't outsource my role. That's, that's going to be hard because you have to be on the ground with your team. Now, talent acquisition, you can outsource components of that. A lot of technology is backing it, backing it up. Um, but I will tell you, the shared services is what you're referring to. That shared services concept is huge. Um, a lot of the low-cost countries, for example, like, what do you call it? Where is Prague? I just went to Prague. Eastern Bloc? Yeah. I just went to Prague not too long ago. Eastern Europe? Eastern Europe, yeah. Czechos- was it Czechoslovakia? That's yes. terrible. Anyway, oh, Eastern Block is poor. Yeah, yeah. Terrible place. So, but it's a good place for sharing services. Good place you know, for pimping and everything. Li- it's, a wild, okay. you know, it's a wild place. Okay. <laughs> if, the only way I'm going to talk about pimping or anything like that is to organize the workers that are over there, perhaps, and make sure they have benefits. Pimping anyway, is pimping. One of the greatest things. All right, keep going. Yeah, let's, let's, because this is a, we're digressing. Anyway, so Bulgaria is another place. Ooh. Okay. So when we talk about the things that get uh, outsourced, it's payroll. Scary, though. Scary. Very scary. Because if American payroll goes wrong, and you're telling me I got to wait, and I got to talk to somebody in pride, and ask me, are they people not doing that? Absolutely. When it comes to, um, you'll hear a lot of things around employee employee self-service, manager self-service. They're automating a lot of things. Automating a lot of, if you remember to the top of uh, the podcast, we were talking about the type of HR I wanted to go into, that administrative stuff. What it was originally designed to do was to free up people like me to do more strategic work. Mm. Right? But what it has become is a super low-cost strategy, but oftentimes inefficient. Think when you call your favorite provider of something. And you can't understand what the person says on the other end. No shade. Shout out to India, though. <laughs> Getting that money out here. No. Cut that check. <laughs> no, 
No shade. It's but, levels. You know, but that's essentially what it is. But in the HR space. And so I implore everybody that if you are looking to get into a space or you're looking to do something like that, then you may want to get on a side where you really have to have thought leadership. And that's those are the jobs that are being outsourced. Okay. Yeah, I, my whole thing is I'm I'm not a big fan of outsourcing. I'm not a big fan of the sharing economy. I'm also not a big fan of capitalism as in, in, as a whole. Because I like, wonder sometimes if you're a big fan of just breathing. You you are the biggest curmudgeon that is like under thirty I've ever met. Because I was born from old sperm, so that what means does that, that I was mean? that means that I was born fed up. Any of that means that means I was born fed up, and the game that cats are just now getting, I knew when I was like ten years old. Yeah. So that means I was already ahead of the curve, yeah. which allowed me to say. I'm tired of this shit. I'm going yeah, home. <laughs> I get it, but I feel like sometimes your and this is not a word by any stretch of the imagination I'm about to use, your curmudgeonness does not allow you to see certain possibilities. This may be possible, but what it just, allows me I to do is avoid these humans getting on my nerves. No, it doesn't. You can't go through life without people getting on your nerves. It's I mean, sure for I can. example, you get on my nerves and yet I'm here. I mean, I'm the masterful troll. I'm everywhere at all times. Mm. But for me, I need people to leave me the hell alone. Well, no one's going to do that. Well. Because you exist. And it's the world. And there are people in it. And that is all. I'd be frying them up, though. It'd be crazy. They'd be at work talking crazy. I'd say, yo, we're in the real world. We're in, we're in your world. Should we need the comedy after you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm just trying to figure out. Like, I'm slow. Like, excuse me, can you explain? Because your logic is flawed. Listen, but you have to be open to listening. For example, if we're talking about those things and, you know, that lazy bone you have where you do not want to become an entrepreneur, you could easily take some things and outsource them. They have call centers. They have all types of things that you can do and do it here. I really want to own a collection agency. For some reason, I just want to put some of the cats on the phone from Decatur and call people about paying companies their money. No, what you need to do is, is, is set up something for the corporate welfare system and collect on them. You'll get paid much higher returns. It might be, but I, I just like trolling people. So I'm, only, I'm only here for the jokes. So tell the people, where are you going to be at in five years? Because hmm. you're already cashy. No, you know I'm not saying? cashy. You're Don't listen to rich. him. You're already affluent. I'm actually not rich. You made I'm out actually of, not affluent. You made out of the Baltimore. You was, no, you that's doing, a fact. You was doing cameos in The Wire. That was heroic. Omar and them. I did. I was in one of the scenes in front of the, um, the uh, what do you call that thing? The courthouse. You know what I'm saying? You and Stringer Bell used to date. No, so, we did not. Don't believe that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I've watched one episode of The Wire. Don't judge me. <laughs> Where are you going to be in five years? Are you going to be... Super cashy billionaire? I don't know what that Or just means. super cashy millionaire? <laughs> I don't know what cashy means. That means you're a legend at the bank. Well, I'm definitely going to be cashy. That's so weird. It sounds weird when I say it. Don't feel, hey, don't sound weird when that thing hit that direct deposit. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's going to be in my head all night. Okay, yes, I'm going to be super cashy, but more specifically... My goal is to be a serial entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur twice over. Um, right now, I am. Uh, my business is. Am I allowed to 
give myself a personal shout out. You you can plug yourself It'd all be you ridiculous. want. Ridiculous. I mean, okay. do, do what you need to do. Okay. So the name of my company is Hexagon Outsourcing Group, um, and you can find me at uh, hexagonoutsourcing.com. And you can also find me, and I know he's going to say something smart alecky about what I'm about to say. But you can find me on IG at the Master Strategist. That is M A S T H E R. Strategist. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on there. But anyway, what I do is I help small and medium-sized businesses build out their customer experience strategy. And what that means is you you guys know what customer service is, but customer experience is every single touch point someone has with your business. And so I help them build that out. And oftentimes, and which is why I'm glad I'm here to talk about this, is, you know, aligned with what Jeremy is saying about the whole employee uh, experience and things getting offshore, oftentimes the customer experience is aligned to the employee experience, and it can't be separated. If your employees are not happy, your customers will not be happy. And so that's when the HR piece comes in, the customer experience piece comes in, and my hospitality experience. So, yeah, look me up there, uh, the master strategist, IG, remember, H-E-R, and then hexagonoutsourcing.com. Shout out to Dean Harvey and, and, and the gray part. And he, yes. <laughs> he be producing y'all to go out here and take Listen, you know, these folks' money. It was, <laughs> it was not in vain wearing our uh, navy blue suits every day. <laughs> every day. He, he Almost. At, I f- it felt like every day. It probably wasn't every day. He been at that long? Hmm? He been at that long? What you mean that long? Don't try to play me on a sneak. Dean Harvey got, got bodyguard. Hey, shout out to Dean, man. I want to be Dean Harvey, like him when Dean, I Har- Dean Harvey, shout out to Dean Harvey. Dean Harvey does not age. Okay, he looks the same when I went in school. I mean, what happened when you drink, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> $500 yak, you know what I'm but, saying? Hey, like hey, Everybody it, ain't able. Maybe when I become cash, yeah, I can, well, I can do that. I'm just, I'm just happy to be here. I well, too. definitely, I thank you so much for coming on. I hope that uh, people see the value in this episode. They, they can take some knowledge away from this to go fleece the white man out of all of his money. Uh, my goal is to always fleece a white person once a week. Wow. So um, when I don't, I wake up with the goal every on Fridays or maybe a Saturday to get a bar off. So, um, yeah, that's just how I live my life. So I'm from Decatur, and that's just how we get down. The fleece is real. I don't even understand what that means. Anyway, so one of the things before we go I want to say is I'm thinking about starting, and actually, I hate to give you accolades anytime because I think it'll just go to your head, but I'm starting something else called uh, game-changing consulting to help individuals understand how to show up in the workplace, get what you want, negotiate, all that kind of stuff. So if you have any ideas of things you want to learn, let Jeremy know. I'm sorry, small man. Let him know. <clears throat> what is it? Big tall one. The AKA, big. The big a- AKA quit trip shouting. The big. AKA El Diablo Grande. I feel like that's a lot of names. I have a lot of names. Okay, I'll just go with the little brother I never wanted. Um, so if you have any ideas or things you want to learn about, let him know, and he'll tell me. He'll be sure to, I'm sure. I probably won't. I'll take your idea and leverage it. You won't do anything with it. Hey, at the end of the day, I know how to work capitalism. So, you know, as usual, man, you know, uh, follow Troll God's Pod on IG and Twitter. Always dropping something. I definitely dropped a piece of information today about Cat Williams and Wanda Smith. Cat almost got shot in the face, man. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to God be the glory, he's still alive, though. Yes, but the the gun just dropped. But wait a minute. No. Ain't, ain't, no. That's what... Somebody lying. That's somebody lying? Somebody lying. Somebody lying. I think she pulled the pills. I think he pulled the pills on. Okay, so listen, real quick, though, about Kate Williams. 
He had plenty to say about my girl. Yeah, he but gave did, her bars. But but no no no. He gave her bar. He who fried we talking her. about? Because that's not my girl. Who we talking about? I'm oh, not talking about Wanda. Say, I was about to say Wanda. No 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 no. He no, gave no, her no. bars. No, I'm talking about Tiffany. Yeah, I mean, plenty to say. But did you see him at the Emmys? Did you see him? Check Tiffany. Y'all check Tiffany had Haddish's IG. I said to myself, who is this little man on the floor? Because little man is the appropriate term. Shouldn't call people mention. So you're disrespectful. No, you shouldn't. It's little little person. And so I look because I thought it really was a little person. No, you keep scrolling, and it's him on his knees talking to Tiffany Haddish, trying to make up. Hilarious. That man is hilarious. I mean, he's a comedian. He's hilarious. He knew better. Did he? He knew better coming for t- Tiffany. He, he got to borrow up everybody. It is what it is. Or you think he's trying to promote his new tour? That probably is, too. Yeah. I mean, he is a businessman. He, he's, a, he's a businessman. I got. I, I know stories about Cat going out here. Bridge. He's the truth. So let's be let's be clear in the A town. Cat got long money. I don't even know why Wanda came. It's what he does. I mean, I got I got stories about Wanda. I went to a career day and she wasn't the nicest person. But I'm gonna leave that there. Let's leave it there. Yeah, I'll talk about it after this. But um, you know, the word of the week, man. You know, everything starts with a thought, man. You know, I I I can't tell you all that enough. You know, if you say you can or you say you can't, you're right. Right. And. Rise as high as your as, as you high you rise as high as your ability to conceive, and you also go as low as goddamn your ability to goddamn get sad and depressed and and down on your luck. That's a word. You're gonna look up the the great man Reverend Ike, and he he gave us bars for the centuries, but they looked down on him because he had a perm. But is he hit or there? Hey. Uh, to the next time, stay black and remember the dream. Shout out to EW for showing up. Troll gods Bless. out. <laughs>